fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try for the touchdown. Welcome to the Fantasy Fullback Dive. We're paving your way to fantasy glory, fantasy excellence, fantasy championships, and all that stuff. And of course, we're brought to you by the good people at the Rotor Street Journal, as always. I'm your host, Nat the Truth Jones. With me, as always, the wolf of Rotor Street himself, who is committed to this craft <laughs> as never before. Uh, we got a uh, Cowboys uh, Saints game coming up that we're going to talk about. Not as much injury news as we've had in the past. So hopefully, we're going to be able to plow through this stuff, give you your higher, lower Hail Marys, and then. Uh, answer all your questions, take all your comments, all that good stuff. Wolf, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, man. I got a big night with Taysom Hill. We'll talk about some Thursday night football. I have some big decisions too, so I'd love to get your feedback on them. And of course, the Wolfpack out there. I always love hearing what you guys have to say on my big decisions uh, t- that we have going. But man, I'm I'm good. The, the week after Thanksgiving's always, as we, we're talking about live on Monday, like such a big drinking week those last three days. <laughs> and so getting back into the week is always foggy, but it's actually been a really smooth week. I'm uh, so pumped. It just pumped to get back to football. It's, it feels like we just were at Thanksgiving, and here we are again. Week 13, what, two more weeks till the playoffs? Doesn't get better than this shit, Nat. I'm, I'm in the hunt for a buy in my main league. If I win out, I'll, I'll get it. So I'm just – I'm stoked. How about you, brother? How are you doing? I mean, I'm, I'm scrapping to stay uh, above water pretty much. I told you I've been decimated by injuries so bad, coupled with just being an idiot. I uh, just found out Antonio Brown is suspended for three games. Oh, yeah. So I won't get him back for the first week of the playoffs. We'll see what happens. I mean, I'm going to end up, I'm going to end this season with an absolute all star team on my bench, um, which is not much consolation. We'll see. There's a decent chance I can still make the playoffs. Maybe I can make a run. I do still have pretty good players. I've played the waiver wire extremely well this year. Um, yeah. And that's managed Mitchell. to keep my head yeah, above Mitchell, water. Mitchell, Mitchell and Patterson, right? Cordero Patterson, uh, Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams was great for me also when I was playing him. I also got him for nothing off waivers. So uh, before, we, before we dive in that, like you have both of the guys that are in the running for fantasy football waiver wire MVP in Mitchell and Patterson. Who would you say now that you have them both? Like who has been more valuable to your team? Would you say this year? Patterson. Yeah, the blow up yeah. games are just so sexy. Like, yeah, I mean, it's possible by the end of the season, maybe maybe it's Mitchell, but I mean, Patterson really was has just been such a gift. And remember, right when I got Mitchell, like then it was on and off. He was injured. He wasn't injured for quite a while. He's a great talent. I think he's going to be an awesome running back. You know, the shelf life of running backs not too long in the NFL. But if we see four or five really good years out of Eli Mitchell uh, moving forward, I wouldn't be shocked. Not at all. No, no. And it's funny because Patterson might be my best take of the year. Like I, I granted, I wasn't all in preseason. Like I didn't really write much about him, but after week one, I was one of the first people to be like, Hey, this guy was leading the team in you know yardage, even on half the carries that Mike Davis got. And I got that. I didn't get more heat for any take than my one on Corderell Patterson early in week one. Have you guys seen him play? Like you are a moron. All this stupid shit. So that one feels pretty damn good to uh, have in the back pocket to be one of the first on the Cordell yeah. Patterson scene when nobody was talking about him in week one. I took a couple of weeks for people to wake up to him. And then the other one I've gotten destroyed for is after week one, I treated, treated out. It's clear we were wrong about uh, Joe Mixon. 
he should have been ahead of Antonio Gibson this entire time. So many people, oh, so smart to overreact to week one, you moron. Like, it's like, there's a difference. So I, I get it. Like, you obviously want to see more tape, but like when something is clearly a different role or different situation than what we're anticipating, there's also like, you don't want to sit forever and wait to to let this thing unfold. And clearly that take uh, has panned out as well. So two of the, the takes I got the most oh, heat man. for have ended up like actually panning out for me, which is always kind of nice. I know I, I certainly haven't been right on everything this week. No, of course not. But I mean, another thing about, you know, you and the site in, in general and myself, just about everybody who works here, I think is we're willing to pivot if we're wrong. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. not going to sit here and throw good money after bad. Like if I, if I, you know, I've had to eat a lot of crow in my time and I've been right a bunch. And, uh, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm going to admit it. So anyway, yeah, uh, Joe, Mix, yeah, Joe Mixon's it. a top guy, you know, he's, he's a, he's a top five. Absolutely. Workers, now you know? we go, we go for it, man. And actually, I don't even know if I told you that I was, I was number five in last week's ranking. So starting okay. to climb back up there. I know it has not been my best rankings year a lot of what's crushed me to be honest is doing the live show on sunday mornings it's been so much busier this year i don't want to make excuses but ultimately i often don't get an injured player out or swap the guy up that should be getting and swapped that can kill you. i'm answering the questions and, and that's what i love to do and that, at the end of the day that means more to me is getting to you guys than than the i mean i do love the competition i would love to be top 15 like i was last year but all, at the end of the day, you know, I don't sit here with a ton of regrets. But last week I did end 15 minutes early to like make sure I could adjust some <laughs> things. And it, it worked out. So hopefully I'm hoping to go on a big stretch run. I know I won't get into the top 10 at this point or anything of that nature. But it'd be pretty badass to finish in the top 10 like for multiple weeks down sure. here in the crunch time. That's my it. goal right now, baby. So I'm pumped to be back. It's just good to feel that going again. I will see. But yeah, absolutely. We'll pack. Thank yeah, you so much. I, I love all you guys more than anything too. So thanks so much for being here. We really appreciate it. That thumbs up will help us continue to grow and get out to more people. We've all, almost hit that 2K goal for subscribers as well. So whether you're subject or not, if you like this show, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, it would really go a long way. I will be try to fight for 2k our goal was to get to like 1500 entering the season we've already blown past that because you guys have been amazing uh but we'd love to hit 2000 now maybe even continue to set that bar higher so that thumbs up does help us keep getting out there growing to more people if you're on twitter as well it doesn't show your questions i know a couple people have messaged to me saying hey you you skipped my question on twitter i got some dms about that this week so i know that audience has kind of gone down it makes sense we can't answer your questions there so if you're on twitter watching this and you want a question get answered Come on over to YouTube. Uh, that's the, on our software. That's what pops up. I just want to make sure to preface that with everybody. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about Thursday night football news. And, of course, that's going to be let off with Taysom Hill, who is going to be starting at quarterback uh, against Cowboys this week. You got to – I mean, you have to assume that he just wasn't ready to go before this because the guy that he's replacing was just god-awful. I mean, just terrible. Uh, Hill had been dealing with a foot issue. He had only played 38 offensive snaps since he had a concussion in week five, which was like an eternity ago. But uh, his results haven't been bad when he's been the quarterback of the Saints. And he did just sign a massive deal. So uh, let's prove it, dude. The Saints are still, believe it or not, hanging around the playoff picture. Absolutely. And I, I'm such a mixed bag on Taysom Hill right now. I've raved about him many times. Any of you that watch this show, I'll repeat the stats for you all again. To over 21 fancy points per game across his four starts last year was the QB stretch. A QB six during that stretch ultimately averaged you know, 50 yards on the ground, a touchdown per game and 10 carries. The Konami definition of Konami upside right there. I'd love to see that. 
But ultimately, we also have to consider the fact that, one, he has been battling a foot injury. That's why he hasn't been seeing snaps. He practiced in full. He's off the injury report. I imagine it's not a concern at this point. But you also have to consider tonight he's without his left tackle and his right tackle. That's like the next news we have here. Taron Armstrong and Ryan Ramzik are both out this week. That doesn't help anybody's cause. And then last year, he also had Michael Thomas to throw to that had a 30% target share across his games. He had Emmanuel Sanders there as well. This weapons cabinet, Alvin Kamara was also healthy this year. You look yeah, at he's this he's out, cabinet. right? Kamara's not playing tonight, right? Kamara's not playing. That's the next news note we have right. here. So, I mean, now you're looking at a, a top receiving core of Marquez Callaway and, and Trey Quan Smith. Trey Quan Smith. That's going to make everybody puke. Probably the worst receiving cabinet in the entire NFL. You know, Mark Ingram's been solid in his spot starts, but ultimately is not even close to the weapon that Alvin Kamara is. So, yes, it's nice to know how good he was last year, but there's a lot of factors against him. All that being said, I have to start him because I have Rodgers out, and like if it's him or Daniel Jones, who might not even play, right, he's Taylor Heineke. Like, you know, if, if it's those, it's between Hill and those guys, like I still have him at QB 13 because the, the rushing upside is still there. It still establishes a decent floor, in my opinion. But man, I, would anybody be shocked if the Cowboys just absolutely murder yeah. this team with none of their offensive line tonight? And Demarcus Lawrence coming back? I guess we've kind of covered all the news as we Yeah, I know. We're going to, we're right flying now. through this stuff. So <laughs> it just organically showed up in our, in our back and forth. I will just say this when the Saints are bad, they are fucking bad. Right. Like they're one of like who, who did they play a couple? Oh, it was when we started freaking Tony Jones, right? Oh God, yeah. Right. Don't, I mean that, come that on. was. I thought I could move on from that. Nat. No, but Don't that was like one of the worst performances by a football team I've just about ever seen. I mean, Tony <laughs> I Jones was one of the worst guys on that terrible football team. But the you know, yeah. When you said would I be shocked if the Cowboys just rolled? No, I would not be at all. As a matter of fact, I might be shocked if that didn't happen. With that said, right. Taysom Hill. You know, he does produce fantasy points to the point where I actually picked him up. Uh, I don't need him this week. I'm going with Stafford, but I actually picked him up as a defensive move. So the guy I'm playing against wouldn't pick him up. And I mean, and yeah. I did want a bag of quarter. So he's on my roster now and I don't feel bad about it. Like, you know, he's I don't know. He's a guy who can score you 20 to 25 fantasy points as a quarterback. Legit. A hundred percent. He gets the Jets next week too. So even if it doesn't go so hot this week, if he gets some weapons back next week, there's still some streaming upside given what he's done in the past. But yeah, I mean, I'm starting him and I'm very nervous. Could he get to like the 18 to 21 that we saw all of his starts last year? Sure. But it is a much different team. So we don't want to sit here and say it's as automatic as last year. One question I've gotten a lot is Taysom Hill versus Derek Carr. In that case, I'm going to go Derek Carr. He gets Washington, the, the worst secondary in the league, most points allowed to QBs. Just a nice, sturdy floor. Does he have Hill's ceiling? Not quite, but he also did just coming off a 21-point day even after giving up a touchdown to Marcus Mariota on the ground. Like that, There is a ceiling with Derek Carr, and there's like a nice baked-in 15 points. Hill could get to 20, but he also could get you like four tonight. And, and again, I'm playing him. I'm I'm sweating it hard. Uh, it's it's not as foolproof as it was last year. No, God, it's sure. not at all. Missing those line guys, missing Kamara. Not that Hill utilizes Kamara especially well, but right. yeah, it's, it's a lot of red flags. I hear you. Yeah. The only so other keep guy that on our mind as you guys get ready for tonight. Um, what's the only other note we have? Like Amari, Amari Cooper, Cooper yeah. right? He's off the COVID list. He is playing tonight. Uh, they're listing him as questionable, but supposedly he's going to go tonight. Yeah. So I think he's back in lineups. The Saints have given up the fourth most points to wide receivers. Uh, routinely getting bombed. They are a good run deep. So one of those classic pass funnels, as we like to call it. So yeah, I, I think he is inconsistent as Amari Cooper has been back to back games in single digits. He does always have that 25. It's kind of like a, I always call him a fancier Mike Williams. He, he, he's one of those guys that will blow up and then it's so hard to bench him. 
But man, he does hurt you more often than he helps. That being said, I think this could be a week he helps more than he hurts. I think this passing game for the Cowboys is going to blow up. I have Dak as my QB1. We'll talk about all that when we get to higher, lower, Hail Mary. Uh, but I really think the Cowboys are going to go nuts through the air. I hope Taysom Hill holds up his end of the bargain and we get a good game. I don't expect that at all. Um, so, yeah, let us know if you guys have Taysom Hill questions, uh, yeah. Amari Cooper questions, all that good stuff. But I am just – and Mark Ingram, too. Like, I, Yes, Kamara is out. Mark Ingram has played 85% of the snaps with Ingram out. I mean, uh, with uh, Kamara out. And he's had 18 and 12 fantasy points. Kind of automatic. It's also, though, again, no tackles here. You got now Hill potentially vulturing at the goal line. And we know he doesn't love to throw to his running back. So even Mark Ingram a little bit riskier than what he's been with Trevor Simeon, which is kind of crazy that you are upgraded by Trevor yeah. Simeon at quarterback. But I am a little bit sketchier on Mark Ingram. And that's the question I wanted to ask the Wolfpack. I could start him tonight. It's, it's between him for three running or two running back spots. It's between Ingram, Javante Williams, Miles Sanders. I think I'm benching Ingram there. And then it comes down to, okay, do I want to put him in the flex over Dawson Knox? Right now I have Ingram on the bench. What are, what are your thoughts on that situation? I would definitely not. Well, I don't want to say definitely because all these things are like, you know, they could go either way. But I would not flex him over Knox. And I cannot really see him going over Javante. I would, no, I would go with Melvin Gordon potentially right. not playing. I would and go Javante. Sanders, Jets, like. Sanders, <laughs> Sanders is more of like a toss up to me. I don't know. Like, San, you, said, you told me the other day, Sanders hasn't scored a touchdown all year. He hasn't. I was just he like, sucks. all right, well, I'm probably not going to play him anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I'd probably go Javante, Ingram, Sanders. But I mean, if you wanted to switch the bottom two, I wouldn't say you were crazy. But I, I, there's no way I would play Ingram over Knox. Yeah. So you're saying Javante. Oh, that's how you ordered him. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I, I get that. The only reason Sanders is even I, – I would normally just bench Sanders after he's been so crap. He faces the Jets this week, though. Oh, okay. And as you know, over 35 fantasy points per game, the most touchdowns surrendered to running backs. If he's ever going to score a touchdown. Probably just going to be a big Boston Scott game, though. It, it could be. Scott's also – we're going to get into some of those notes. Let's get into right. the injury roundup because right. there is Let's a reason. Let's get into it. Quarterbacks, yeah, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray yeah. and DeAndre Hopkins are both going to be coming back playing week 13 against the Bears. Seems like it's been a while since we've had those guys both clicking in the lineup. And yet the Cardinals are still maintaining a really good record. And I believe they're still first in the NFC, right? Yeah, it's funny, Nat, because we always talk. You'll ask me, you know, who do you think is the biggest contender in the NFC? And for some reason, neither of us ever say the Cardinals. We always overlook them. And I don't know if we were right in that gut reflex to just kind of dismiss them. They have a good defense. And obviously, when Kyler Murray and everybody's healthy, that offense is as deadly as there is in the NFL. I, for some reason, just don't believe in Cliff Kingsbury as like a stretch run type of coach. I like him. I think he's doing a great job this year he's with the, the weapons he has. But ultimately, I, for some reason, I just see them tanking in like the you know first round of the playoffs. I, I don't know. I don't believe in them myself. But what are your thoughts? Well, I kind of feel the same way about them. As, well, I feel bad saying this. Remember we said this about the Titans like two weeks ago when they were the it's first the AFC. Idea. And we both were kind of like, you believe in the Titans? And we at the same time, we're just like, no, not even a little bit. And then they got beat by the Texans or something, yeah. some shit team. And we were right. You know, I feel like I'm disrespecting the Cardinals a little bit, putting them in that category because I like them more than I like the Titans. Yeah. But I don't, you know, if push comes to shove. Am I going to pick them over the Packers in the playoffs? Uh, probably not. Uh, am I going to pick them over, you know, the Bucks in the playoffs? Probably not. And there's probably a couple more too. So, yeah, we're the same. I hope they prove me wrong. But, yeah, fantasy-wise, yeah, I like them. 
Yeah, fantasy-wise, Kyler Murray right back into my top five. He's been a dynamo all year, uh, other than the most recent game where he got dinged up. And then Hopkins, I, I'm, he's in my higher lower Hail Mary, so I'll expand on him a little bit later. Uh, but I think he's right back into your top 10 receivers. He's an alpha in every sense of the word, even though they do spread it out a little bit more. They, they go to him in the red zone. They, they go to him in tough situations. I still think against a Chicago team giving up the fifth most points to wide receivers, he comes right back with a big day. Jalen Hurts. Ankle injury was a limited participant. He already has come out and said he's planning to play here. He gets the Jets. The one thing, though, is if he is limited at all as a runner, that really does hurt. That's why he's so good. That's why, as fantasy-wise, the fact that he has over 50 rushing yards in all but two games, that's why this guy has been a fantasy monster all year. If that rushing upside gets limited, and that's why I love him against the Jets this week, is how bad of a rushing defense they have. If that's capped, well, one that helps out Sanders, that helps out the running game. That's kind of why Sanders is getting a little bit of a tick up in my rankings. But two, it lowers his ceiling significantly if he's hampered at all. So right now he's my QB six until we hear that this is really truly limiting. Uh, but but still something you got to monitor heading into Sunday. Daniel Jones dealing with neck issues. He's limited for Thursday's practice. Freddie Kitchen says he is expecting Daniel Jones to be the Giants' quarterback for Week 13 against the Dolphins. Uh, Joe Judge mentioned that Jones's status is, quote unquote, in the hands of doctors now, which reminds me of like when someone like has had a horrible accident and they're like, well, it's in the hands of God now. And you're like, well, that ain't good. <laughs> right? So, I mean, yeah. it's kind of like, I don't know. We've learned. Oh, just overtime. Neck injuries, nothing to mess around with. No joke. We've seen Chris Carson. I mean, he's having to have like his neck fused or whatever he's at for the year. I don't know. Uh, maybe this isn't as serious as that, but it's not feeling me with any huge, overwhelming sense of optimism if I'm somebody that's relying on Daniel Jones, which yeah, I can completely understand like why you're starting Taysom Hill instead of Daniel Jones. Exactly right. If you're relying on Daniel Jones, you're probably out of your fantasy league anyways, and you don't really care here. This is more to say the Miami defense, regardless of who's under center, is going to be one of the blessed plays. They're my number one ranked defense heading into this week. 17 points in Three of their last four. Love them. And they were out there in over half a league's entering the week. If they're somehow still out there in your leagues, you have to go get the Miami defense. It doesn't matter if it's Jones. It doesn't matter if it's Glennon. Even better if it's Glennon, to be honest. Sure. Uh, but yeah, going to be a smash play. Justin Fields was limited in, in practice today. Ultimately, Andy Dalton did receive the starters reps. So it sounds like Andy Dalton will be making his third straight uh, appearance here. I do think Fields, it, with a stretch run, a decent schedule, may be worth a stash in two QB leagues, but otherwise you can probably pass this one over and, and not really worry. All right, we're going to talk about the Eagles running backs now. I understand a little more why Miles Sanders is a, a little more nudged to the front with you than he was. He's upgraded yeah. to a full practice participant. Meanwhile, Jordan Howard dealing with a knee issue. Boston Scott, non-COVID illness, not practicing at all. So maybe Miles Sanders is about to get the full bulk of a workload against a very soft New York Jets defense. Yeah, absolutely. I, if I had to guess, I think Boston Scott will end up playing and will still continue to be a thorn in Miles Sanders' side. For whatever reason, he seems to get the goal line carries ahead of Sanders. He certainly gets the receiving work, but they might not be uh, have a choice here. And it just seems like Sanders has been looming for this breakout. He seems good every time he gets the rock. I guess the last couple of weeks, he doesn't look quite as explosive as he did earlier in the season, but still uh, watching the guy play, he's one of the better running backs every time he touches the rock. In my opinion, he's just criminally misused. I think this will be a solid coming out party. Who better than the Jets who have given up by far the most fantasy points to running backs uh, over a touchdown per game more than the next closest team. And I think this is the week he finally finds the end zone. James Robinson was sidelined for Thursday practice. What makes this more concerning is he did practice yesterday and then was downgraded. You never like midweek downgrades. This means Carlos Hyde, who's out there in pretty much every league, 
could be in play. 22 backfield touches the last time that Robinson missed the game. It's the Ram that's not a great matchup for anybody here, but ultimately Carlos Hyde could become a viable streamer if Robinson sits. Ian Rappaport says that DeAndre Swift dealing with that shoulder issue feels like a long shot to return in week 14. He hasn't practiced at all. He has not been ruled out yet, but it seems like they said, as they said in the article, he's on the wrong side of questionable. Seems unlikely that he'll play. That would put Jamal Williams as the main back, which would put him, where would you rank Jamal Williams if Swift doesn't play? He's right inside my top 20 running backs. I believe he's right at running back 18, a Vikings team that's surrendered nearly 130 yards on the ground to opposing running backs, a top 10 matchup for running backs right now. And Williams, whenever he's gotten volume, averages nearly 15 fancy points per game in games that Aaron Jones missed. I know this is a different team. I know that the Packers are a significantly better offense than the Lions. But for what it's worth, the Lions love peppering their backs. And and Jamal Williams is very adept at pass blocking, at receiving. He's going to get a full when, – when Swift got out, he handled all but one backfield touch and all but three backfield snaps, Jamal Williams did, even with Jamar Jefferson and uh, Godwin, whatever that guy's name is. Uh, active. So I think this is going to be the Jamal Williams show and you have to have him in most lineups, in my opinion. Speaking on Thursday, Vic Fangio says Melvin Gordon is not practicing and he's 50-50 to play against the Chiefs. Now this is a Sunday night football game, making Gordon a bit riskier to wait for if we don't get any new news as of Friday. If he sits tomorrow, you got to think he's on the wrong side of questionable. Conversely, if he practices tomorrow, even if it's limited, you got to imagine he's probably going to be out there. Should he sit though? I mean, Jamal Williams, Javante Williams, This guy is just waiting for the right volume. Even without the volume, he put up 18 points last week. Every time he touches the rock, he pops off the page. I think this guy is going to be an absolute stud down the road, and I would love to see him get a full workload for the first time in his NFL career. I think he'd have a 25-plus fantasy point day and be right inside my top 10 running backs if we get word that Melvin Gordon's out. In the category of news – involving players insignificant to the point where we wonder why we were even mentioning them. David Johnson dealing with an illness and a thigh issue, the double factor there did not practice on Thursday. Interestingly enough, they, because of this bug that's going around the Texans facility or whatever, they haven't really been able to get in there and find out how serious either of these two things is. So maybe he's fine. Maybe he's, uh, you know, seriously injured or seriously ill. We don't know if he doesn't play, that's going to open the door for big game Rex Burkhead to put his stamp on things. And that's really the only reason this is worth mentioning because there would be a decent amount of volume up for grabs. And Burkhead, if nothing else, can churn out like some gross 3.6 yards per clip, uh, get to like 60 yards and maybe fall his ass into the end zone. So as a Hail Mary, we'll get to Hail Marys later. It would significantly boost Rex Burkhead's appeal if David Johnson sits. McKissick did not practice on Thursday. You probably weren't considering him anyways, no matter how good the matchup was against the Raiders, uh, the fourth most points, two running backs allowed. This just makes Antonio Gibson, who has seen the most carries since the bye week in the NFL right now. So he's back to like near workhorse duties. Even more impressively, though, had seven targets, caught all seven of them last week. And that was with McKissick vulturing two touchdowns too. He still had a monster 20-point day Gibson did. If McKissick's out and all that work's going to Gibson, he would have the RB1 upside. Uh, So definitely track that one. Great matchup for Gibson. Already in my top 10 running backs, but he'd probably be in my top three if McKissick's officially ruled out, if and when. It seems like it's definitely trending towards when. Philip Lindsay was out with an ankle injury uh, during Thursday's practice. He only came in and did a little bit of mop-up duty during his debut with the Dolphins last week. He had, I don't know, 12 carries, something like that. I don't remember. Maybe it was 15. Yeah, uh, it was, wasn't, like, it wasn't like impressive or anything. They were already up 
14, 17 points, something like that. I mean, if he doesn't play, that's just going to mean Gaskin gets more carries, basically. Yeah, it really is only on here to emphasize that Gaskin, he's already an RB2 for you, would have that much more secure after having over 80% of the running back snaps and rushing workload uh, heading into last week. When Lindsey arrived, he went down to 50% of those things. So this would certainly boost his volume uh, and, and just floor, ceiling, all that stuff if Lindsey's out as much as Lindsey's a non-factor. Real life-wise and fantasy-wise, he does impact Gaskin's status. Daryl Henderson, I've not seen an updated practice report yet as of yeah. Thursday. Um, as going live here, the West Coast, a lot of those reports have not come out where at least I could see him. So anybody, obviously, in the comments, I know I like to ask if you see anything on Henderson, as well as uh, Odell Beckham, who didn't practice on Wednesday, would be appreciated. This one seems a little sketchy with that quad. They've mentioned Sean McVay saying he expects him to be out there. But if not... Sony Michelle would instantly leap into my top 15 running backs. Not all that impressive of a player, obviously, but in this offense, playing you know 70% of the snaps and seeing 70% of the work, that's enough for this guy to pay, uh, pay off uh, top 15 value, in my opinion. So track that one very, very closely. Antonio Brown, we're going to wide receivers yeah. right now. Give us a like if you have not done so already. Antonio Brown, as well as defensive back Mike Edwards, have been suspended three games without pay for violating NFL COVID-19 protocols. You recall, I mean, this story is, is, you know, a month old at this point. There's talk of his former personal chef said he had a fake vaccine card. Then his lawyer was like, no, nah, he's vaccinated. Kind of seems like he's probably not vaccinated. Uh, nope. <laughs> just based on this. Uh, so he's suspended for three games. Two of those he'd have probably not played anyway due to injury. If you're someone like me who's got him on your team, you might get lucky if you make it to the second round of the fantasy playoffs and maybe he'll do something for you. But, man, this guy has been a disappointment in the games he hasn't played this year, which is most of them. Right, exactly. <laughs> Wide receiver four in points per game. So obviously he's been a stud out there. And probably if you've held on to him this long, it's like, what's the point? I'm not uh, dropping him now. It's really no. only one more game, as you said, than what he was expected to miss moving forward anyways. Uh, but man, it is burning some valuable bench space at this point. Still, I'd rather have him on my team, whether I make the semis or not. I don't want him facing me if I make it to that point. And I hate cutting him. Uh, that did not go so well. Could easily see the wide receiver four in points per game hitting those numbers yet again once he's back. Uh, Sterling Shepard limited with Kadarius Tony sidelined. Shepard, as we've emphasized time and time again, the five full games he's made it through has been a top 20 wide receiver in all of them dating back to last year and a number one wide receiver uh, in half of those games, three out of five. So there is obviously upside to him. The downside is he just gets hurt right at the start of the game and crushes your fantasy soul right before the game starts. And Miami's defense has been significantly better. And Mike Glennon's going to be playing. So lots of downside to Sterling Shepard, whether he's in or out. But still a guy I think is worth rostering at this point as he works his way back into the lineup. Corey Davis remains sidelined for Thursday's practice, although he says he feels better than last week. He's dealing with a groin injury that could be either not too serious or serious as hell. If he's not going to be playing, obviously Moore and Crowder are going to be getting a lot more work. A lot more work, but still when it comes from Zach Wilson, it yeah. just doesn't matter. The one yes. guy that's been able to kill Elijah Moore all year. Again, wide receiver one in all the games he didn't play with uh, without Zach Wilson. And now with Zach Wilson, he's just abysmal. It's just crazy to me that there's that much of a discrepancy. It's too bad. Allen Robinson not practicing. Not that it matters because you're never playing Next. him anyways. He should be on waiver wires anyways. It does matter, though, for Darnell Mooney. Even greater target share upside as he's had these last three weeks. He's been a top 14 receiver for all of them. Top five wide receiver, two of them. I mean, the guy has been going berserk, and I think that will continue 
with Andy Dalton still at the helm. He loves him. He'll get peppered again. Uh, so just keep firing up Darnell Mooney without doubt. Deshaun Jackson was absent from Raiders practice on Thursday after he was limited on Wednesday. And we know it's kind of a rule of thumb. If you have a limited followed by a no practice, that's almost always a bad sign. However, Ian Rappaport says that's not the case and it doesn't seem to be serious. All I can say about anything involving Deshaun Jackson is who the hell knows? I have no idea. You never know what's going on with this guy, but we'll talk about him later in our Hail Marys because I do think he is worth a guard throw if you are desperate this week. I think he could blow up. Brandon Cooks did not practice the same illness that David Johnson has. He's in a great spot against a Colts team that's given up the most passing touchdowns in the league this year. He's coming off a, a touchdown against whoever they faced last week. It's the fucking Texans. I don't know. I can't remember who the Texans played last week. Uh, but would be a he's in my top 20 wide receivers, assuming he's in, assuming this illness is not something lingering. But we will, of course, continue to track that alongside David Johnson's status. Odell Beckham Jr., 98% of the snaps he played in last week, but he did not practice on Wednesday. I don't know if he practiced today. I've not heard one way or, uh, or, or another. Uh, in his game last week, he did have five grabs for 81 yards and a score, and he was targeted 10 times. McVay says he expects him to play for whatever that's worth. Yeah, and I do think it's worth a lot. We'll cover him when we get to higher, low, lower. Hail Mary uh, again. And it sounds like the, the reports, my man Toons kind of got my little Adam Schefter lumberjack over there texting that Henderson did not practice today. Uh, these are just coming out right now from the West Coast reports here. Beckham also was remained sidelined too. So this is something you got to keep monitoring. Friday is always that kind of crucial day where we see a lot of people ruled out or not practicing and very much a game time decision. So continue to track that moving forward on both of these guys. That news just coming out uh, a few minutes before we went live. So there you guys go. Moving to tight ends, just two quick notes. Fryermuth is full. Uh, so barring a very unlikely setback, he should be good out there against a bottom five against the tight end Ravens defense. And Fryermuth has been a top six tight end in every game he's played without Eric Ebron this year would be right back into my top eight tight ends and pretty much a must-start above guys like Hawkinson and pretty much all tight ends, but four or five in my rankings. I have Pat Fry above, so get him fired up. Have him locked in there. He's going to crush it again. And Darren Waller was sidelined. Nobody expects him to play. We'll cover Foster Moreau. I actually layer. I like the I comment think, yeah. in the in the uh, Waller comments where it says specifically there was quote unquote no sign of him at practice. He wasn't yeah. sidelined. He just like no one even spotted the guy in the facility for whatever that's worth. So it really seems like <laughs> quite unlikely that he's going to. They be sent playing. out a search party and still there's been no sign of Darren Waller. Right. If, if any of you have seen Darren Waller around, you know, give a call. Possibly his family is looking for him. I don't know. Alert the authorities. There's been no sign of Darren Waller. I love it. And that wraps up our news. We'll talk about Foster Moreau and the impact that Waller being out will have on him uh, a little bit later. When we get to tight ends, higher, lower, Hail Mary. Quote, just a, a little preview. He's my favorite Foster Moreau streaming tight end at only 18% rostered right now. I think you can plug him right in the lineups. So you're not going to get Waller, but I think he's going to be a very I mean, Waller hasn't player. really been that great, so maybe you will get Waller. Yeah, right, um, maybe, maybe indeed. All right, we're going to have to hustle a little bit. We got 66 questions uh, or maybe a little it. more sitting in the box right now. It's 736 uh, we're going to hit higher, lower, Hail Mary. If you haven't given us a like or a love or whatever uh, currency your social media so platform deals with, throw it our way. We'd really appreciate it. Higher, you got Dak Prescott as your number one quarterback. That's seven spots higher than the expert. That's a pretty big discrepancy when you're talking about the number one guy or your number one guy. Um, in lesser news, you have Mac Jones going against Buffalo as your QB 16, four spots above the experts, 39% owned. Is that right? 
Yeah, 39% rostered right now. Um, let's start with Dak, uh, my number one QB going tonight. I'm all aboard Dak bombarding the Saints team. He's had over 20 fantasy points in all but two games this season, including 25 on Thanksgiving against a better Raiders pass defense than Saints pass defense. Uh, ultimately, without his weaponry, without CeeDee Lamb, without Amari Cooper, still put up 25 on Thanksgiving. I, I think he's going to go for 30-plus tonight. Uh, either way, you got that nice 20-plus floor baked in i can't i don't know how he's qb8 given the stats he's put up he's he's way higher than that on the season the matchup is certainly more than right i guess the only concern would be if the saints don't show up at all does he have to continue to keep the air under the ball but given how good they are as a rundy and how bad they are as a pasty i think even if they get a big lead it's just going to be a dak onslaught tonight so this is me calling a huge dak game we got a question like stafford versus dak I'm all in on Dak. Uh, even you know the guy mentioned a 300-yard bonus. Dak's going to throw for that. I, I love Dak um, all day. And then Mac Jones. You know Buffalo, yes, the hardest matchup for QBs, but no Tre'Davious White. That certainly lowers that defense's appeal. Um, I think this game, you know, it could shoot out. It could be a defensive battle. But either way, Mac Jones has been sneaky better fantasy QB than I would have imagined. Would have gave him credit for. He it's seems good. like the classic, like real life great, but fantasy wise, no. And then you look at his his stats across the last couple games where he's been cooking 20 QB five, 11 was a, a little bit of a dud against Atlanta, only QB 19, but then 22 against Tennessee, 22 points, the QB seven there, you know, two games in his last three in the top seven QBs. That's nothing to sneeze at. And it, notably they've come against the better teams, quote unquote, that they've been playing because they, they, they put more on max plate and all he does is, is rise to the occasion. So huge fan of Mac Jones this week, even in a quote unquote tough match against Buffalo. I think that actually helps him out and boosts his stock. So I think he's viable as a streamer for sure. All right. We're going to talk lower and I want to be really careful not to get derailed for like five minutes on this because I, I feel like we could both rant about it for a long time. Russell Wilson, oh, yeah. uh, you got him as your QB 14, four below the experts. I have no idea. Honestly, I think you're both high. I think that, I mean, Oh no, I have him at QB 18. I wrote that wrong. So he's QB 14 and the experts uh, have him at 14. All right. Well, that, yeah, that's, have maybe, that's maybe closer, but I mean, could, can we just take like 10 seconds and talk about how terrible the Seahawks are? Awful. <laughs> just awful like every week we go on remember when they played washington last week we're like oh you know maybe this will be the week the seahawks come back we see and it's like no they're just they're awful they're bad. they scored a touchdown on their last drive then they blew the two-point conversion by the way dk was open in the end zone on that completely Always. um yeah they're awful we don't even need to say anything else about why he's so low it's because they're terrible right. um, eight, and then eight. justin <laughs> Justin Herbert, you've got as your QB 10, four below the experts. I honestly can't believe the experts have this guy six. Exactly. I think eight and eight fantasy points in his first two games back. Granted, Wilson did put up 19 last week, but he was at 11 until that last drive. Like he was going yeah. to have another complete dud. As you said, who cares? They look your eyeballs. If you watch that Seahawks offense, you know they have nothing close to when Russ used to cook. This is an awful, awful offense. It's a slug to watch. San Fran's a pretty solid defense overall, like middle of the pack. That's better than Washington. The fact that he didn't do more damage against Washington is more concerning to me than anything. So, yeah, I think he continues to blow. I have no, I, I'd be benching him for Taysom Hill, which is kind of terrifying because you never know when Russ is going to just chuck for three touchdowns and 300 yards, but I don't see it happening anytime soon. And then Justin Herbert, yeah, I mean, sure he has. It's He's kind of like the Mike Williams of QBs, granted the guy he's throwing to that kind of makes sense. But he's been very boomer bust, 35, then 13, 32, then 16. 
43, then 12. It, it seems very unsteady. Now, lately, he's been better. He's had you know, 32, 13, 35, 22, but a top six quarterback in those three of four games. But Cincinnati is bottom five matchups for QBs. It does have a potential shootout-style narrative, but I he's a lot riskier than I think a lot of people give him credit for. Uh, and I would, I, like I said, four spots below, probably starting in most lineups as my QB 10, but there's definitely guys I would consider above him that, that I routinely get questions on. Like I'd rather have Kirk Cousins against Detroit's lowest-ranked secondary by PFF. I'd rather have Stafford, who's often ranked below Justin uh, Herbert. I'd even rather have Hurts off that dud this last week than Justin Herbert. Guys, you're going Hail Mary on. We've already talked extensively about Taysom Hill. He has only 34% rostered. You've got him as your QB 13 going tonight. So if you want some action tonight, he's a guy worth taking a shot on. Granted, he's got some depleted things going for him on the offense, but we've already talked about all that. Check him out if you want. If you want to go a little deeper, Tyrod Taylor, only 9% rostered going against the Colts. Yeah, uh, we already talked about Hill, as you said. Just again, that rushing upside does give him a big ceiling, but the floor is cavernous as our guy mike Massick. i don't know if you tuned in apparently he loves that word he tweeted at me on twitter which i love uh it's a great word cavernous uh and then you got you know tyrod taylor just uninspiring of course but there is that sneaky rushing upside he had 19 and 16 in his last two games was qb 11 and qb 14 in those since the bye week that's not bad and indy as we keep emphasizing is a top 10 matchup for qbs the most passing touchdowns given up in the league I think you can do a whole lot worse than Tyrod at 9% rostered. If you need a desperation fill-in and you missed out on, on Taysom, if you missed out on, you know, uh, let's even say Taylor Heineke I'd rather have. But if you miss out on those guys, I think Tyrod could certainly get it done for you against Indianapolis. These must-watches, there's three of them. They all kind of speak for themselves. Kyler Murray yeah. back in action. Of course, that's must-watch TV all the time. Pat Mahone's off a of bye. Absolutely. Can he rebound? And Jalen Hurts, who you mentioned earlier, after a bit of a dud game, these guys are all, you know, they can all do it with their legs. Uh, Hurts doesn't do it with his arm that much, but they're all must-see TV. So I agree with you on all of these. Yeah, exactly. Especially Hurts, too, against the, the Jets, just what the doctor ordered. But how limiting is that ankle? Because that would be very telling if we have this guy in lineups moving forward. Uh, so, yeah, all three of those guys. I can't wait to get Kyler back on the field. Uh, yep. Was the QB1 for so long this year. I hope we have that Kyler. That's what I'm watching for. Do we have the Kyler Murray that's zipping all over the field? I hope, I hope so, and I can't wait to find out. Yeah, I hope so. He's so fun to watch. Let's go to running backs. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going against Denver, running back 19. You only got him two spots above the experts. Not much of a discrepancy. Also, Boston Scott, who I mentioned earlier, uh, going against the Jets, but we do know that he missed practice with an illness, so we'll see. I'm assuming if he plays, you like him as your RB24, three spots above the experts. Yep, 100%. CEH, right off injury, 70% of the workload. Denver, uh, pretty decent defense all around, but they can be had. They can be run on. They've been better since they lost Vaughn Miller, by the way. Weirdly, yes, they have been, uh, which is surprising. But CEH involved in the stripe in the last game, scored a touchdown with the finger point, that that devastating point that deserves to get fined. Kids, don't watch that. It's terrifying. Uh, I can't believe these taunting rules. They're just so fucking sickening. Uh, But I, I do like CEH. You know, he, he got, again, 70% of the work in one of the better offenses is always going to have a place in starting lineups. I get a lot of questions about him heading into the week. So, yeah, I know it's only two spots above the ECR. There's not a whole ton that I'm hugely – the running back ranking in general is pretty efficient this week. But I do think CEH is right back in play, given the work he saw. I love, you know, a team fresh off the bye, another week to really get himself healthy. Uh, was the running back 11 the last time we saw him? I think we could get yet another big game. And then Boston Scott – 
All he does is produce when he gets the work. He gets the most valuable work in terms of receptions, goal line work, had over 12 points last week, was the running back 18. Well ahead, doubled up what Miles Sanders put out there. So yes, as much as I've been hyping up Sanders and excited, I think he gets his first time in the end zone. That doesn't mean Boston Scott. That's how bad the Jets are. I keep harpening back to the day that we saw Naeem Hines go off for 25 fantasy points against that team after Jonathan Taylor had already put up 40. So oh, that's right. how that's bad this run defense is. I, I, this is not Jonathan Taylor, of course, with Miles Sanders, but still – I could see both of those guys having 20-plus fantasy points and being very, very viable starts. Guys, you're lower on Damian Harris going against the Buffalo Bills. You got him as your RB27, four spots below the experts. Ty Johnson, you got going against Philly, your RB45, 11 spots below the experts. I'm, and you have written in caps. Why start him? I was just going to say, why are we even talking about him? At all? Well, I get questions on him. I don't get it. Like, And he's ranked as the running back 36, so I think he's out of like – most people's starting guys, but 36 would suggest he could be a flex play. Kevin Coleman did more damage than he did. Yeah. Kevin Coleman's out carried him uh, every single week. I think that they played together at this point. Certainly last week, Coleman saw like 14 or so carries. Um, so yeah, if you've got to go to the jets backfield, it's probably Coleman. And if you, you missed on Coleman, guess what? Uh, What's his name? Like Walter was his last name, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. It was Walter uh, or something. But also, like, if you're in a situation where you have to go to the Jets' backfield, like with Michael Carter out, like, what what have you done? What, have what you has happened doing? to you? Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, Philly's been an okay matchup against running backs, but still, this guy was the distant third behind a creature named Austin Walter. Like, why is he ranked inside the top 36? I don't get it. More importantly, though, Damian Harris. That's someone that people are probably actually considering in lineups, and rightfully so. He's been a touchdown machine, even scored last week. That score did really bail him out, though. He ultimately put up 12 points as the running back 19. Pretty solid. Every time he scored a touchdown, he's been pretty decent. I am a little sketched out that he saw 55% of the rushing share and 45% went to Ramondre Stevenson. That's about as near even as a split as you could get. I feel like Stevenson honestly looks even a little better, as good as Harris has looked. I'm not sitting here hating on him. And this is the type of game that you know we saw Taylor pound the, them down the throat. The, the Pats do have the line that could potentially do that too, but Buffalo is returning star like Luau. T- I don't know how to say his last name. He is a run-clogging nose tackle, though. So I think they're going to be – they already were pretty resistant against the run, and they've given up the fewest points to running backs besides that Jonathan Taylor game. I'm a little bit nervous that the, the way these guys nibble their cheese, that you're going to get more often that that seven point week, like running back 30. We saw a couple of weeks ago, and that was against Atlanta, one of the softest matchups. You had a tougher matchup on paper with a timeshare backfield and, and Bolden's back involved as a receiver. It's something for me that I, I'm going to avoid if I can. Yeah. Hail Marys. I actually like this first one quite a bit. Matt Breida against New England, 37% rostered. It's a Buffalo backfield just doesn't look too good in general. And, you know, if, if Brita became the back out, uh, breakout guy, it would not shock me. But also not shock me if nobody did. And it was just kind of the Josh Allen running show. Also, we talked about Rex Burkhead before. Possibly he's about to get an increase in carry because David Johnson may or may not be sick. Uh, he's only 8% rostered. So if you want Burkhead, you could probably get a piece. Yeah, exactly. Brita, of course, my preferred option, but I always like to toss in somebody that's under 10% rostered when we're talking Hail Marys. First, though, looking at Brita, he's been the lead running back uh, in terms of fantasy points for three straight weeks for Buffalo to the point they actually made Zach Moss a healthy scratch 
last week, 17, seven and 13 points for Brita running back 11, 28 and 17 in that span. That is solid. The guy is explosive as he's ever been. I've always just been a huge Brita fan as a player, uh, big talent in my opinion. And he's kind of a perfect fit for this offense, given how explosive he is in space. Like Singletary is not, he's slow. He's a bit sluggish. He's, he turns, he falls forward. And I like that, but for his size, you'd think Singletary would be more explosive. Brita definitely brings that different gear, a much more dangerous weapon. And the Pats have not been great at covering speedy little backs with those slow linebackers. I think Brita could have himself a, a, one of those wheel routes that just gets deep against this defense. Um, so definitely in play as a Hail Mary. And then, uh, you know, yeah, Burkhead, it's just a bet on volume. He saw the most work last week, saw the most work the week before. Did he do much with it? No. Are there, is it dangerous to bet on volume? Of course, it's what happened with Tony fucking Jones just a week ago. But the matchup's not bad. You know, Indy, they're pretty good linebacking core, but they have given up a fair amount of reception. So if David Johnson misses time, it will be all Rex Burkhead. Again, that might still only lead to six points, but at 8% rostered, what more are you hoping for than a, than a handful of carries? Like, let's be real. Right. Must watch is, is Eli Mitchell going to be the receiving back with hasty return? That's a good question. I mean, I could see it. I would be kind of disappointed if he wasn't, but I mean, it would fit with what they've done earlier in the year. But man, imagine if he becomes like kind of a three down guy. Yeah, he, he, could, he could be like a top three dude the rest of the year. Uh, also, Gibson without McKissick, Javante if Melvin Gordon sits. Wow. And also interested in Tony, Tony Pollard's role tonight. I'm interested. Yeah, there's been lots of rumblings. They might reduce Zeke's role. Yeah. He's had that bone bruise going on in his knee. Of course, Jerry Jones comes out and says, like, no, we're going to increase his touches. Like, we would never bench this guy or never rest him. I mean, I, whatever. Like, the stupidity of that, that type of comment is ridiculous because Pollard is more explosive, a better – every time he touches the ball, he pops up way more than Zeke. It's a hampered Zeke. Zeke was flying around early in the year, but it's clear he does not bring nearly what to the table – that a healthy Tony Pollard is right now. So I'd love to see that role get increased as it did on Thanksgiving night. Um, we, we saw what 15 total fantasy points found the end zone on that rushing score four catches, 10 carries. Like we get another 14 to 15 touches against the saints. We could have another big Tony Pollard day. So I think he's well worth considering tonight. Let us know if you have any Tony Pollard style questions for your lineups. As you mentioned, Eli Mitchell like goes from a top 12 back to a top five back. If he is continuing to get that receiving work with hasty back, he's gotten it all these last few weeks. Intriguing to see if that happens. And then just like how high will Gibson go without McKissick? Will he be a true every single down back? Are they going to force on Jarrett Patterson? My guess is he is that true every down back in a top five matchup. And he just goes crazy for about 25, 30 fantasy points. We will see as with Javante, if Gordon sits, I would just love to see this man with volume. Cause even on 12 ish touches a week, he's so beautiful to watch. All right, we got to hustle because we got a ton of questions, and I know we, a lot of them are about the actual game. So let's, okay. let, okay. let's go. Wide receivers, you're higher on Deon, uh, DeAndre Hopkins going against the Bears. Wide receiver 15, five above the experts. Also, OBJ, if he plays, going against a very juicy Jacksonville matchup. Wide receiver 27, five above the experts. You also like Hunter Renfro. God, you got like a million people here. Hunter Renfro going against the Washington football team, and also all the Cowboys receivers tonight, uh, specifically C.D. Lamb. You got him at seven, six above the experts. Amari, wide receiver 22. Yep. And I'll, I said, we got to go quick here, but the bears six most points allowed Hopkins is fully healthy. They've really taken their time with him. I imagine he's right back to full go and should be in everybody's top 10 receivers. The fact that he's outside the top 12 in most rankings blows my mind. He's going to be a stud this week and dominate as he always does. And then, um, as you mentioned, we got, uh, Oh fuck it. Let's lost my fucking place. 
<laughs> Odell Beckham playing 98% of the snaps last week, 10 targets, 26% target share in one of the most explosive attacks, that deep bomb touch. That was so beautiful to see him still gaining the separation that he always does. I think he can kill it yet again against a big play surrendering 11th most points allowed to wide receivers, Jaguars defense. Then you got Hunter Renfro, fourth most points allowed to two wide receivers, that Washington football team. The guy has 14 or more half PPR points in three of his last four weeks, including a week as the wide receiver nine last week. Uh, that nice blow up. He's an absolute Renfro's like a sneaky, sneaky stud. I really like oh, Renfro as, as a player, consistent, steady volume. And we keep saying, you know, he's the classic people that we like to like say, you know, low, low ceiling, high floor. I mean, wide receiver seven last week, wide receiver 14, wide receiver 10 in his last three finishes. That's a pretty damn high ceiling. If you ask me and a great matchup for the guy to boot obviously all into it. And then the fourth most points to wide receivers, the saints, so I love both C.D. Lamb and Cooper. Yes, very inconsistent, tough to trust. I get it, but I think he is in a ripe, ripe spot uh, to, to rebound. And just as soon as you bench the guy, you're going to get that 22. You know, two weeks ago, he had 22 points as the wide receiver four. I think a game like that is very much in play against a very suspect defense here of the New Orleans Saints. Right, the Seahawks receivers, Lockett and Metcalf. We don't really have to talk about these guys too much. We talked about how abysmal the Seahawks are, but you do have Lockett seven spots below the experts. Metcalf, 10 spots below. They're still getting a lot of respect based on their names and their just natural talent, which they have. Jamar Chase, also you're lower than. You got him going against the Chargers as you're 12. The experts actually like him at five. Mike Williams going against the Bengals, wide receiver 25, experts have him at 17, 25 seems a lot more sensible to me. Also, Jerry Judy at the Chiefs, wide receiver 29 for you. The experts actually like him all the way up at 20. No, so you actually have that reversed. It's the, I have him at 38. Uh, I, I, I wrote that wrong. Um, no, so right. well, either way, the experts, experts like him nine spots more than you do. Neither of you like him that much, though. Right, exactly. Uh, so, I yeah, the, I, let's start with the, the, the Seahawks really quick. As you said, we already hit upon how abysmal this passing game has looked. Granted, Lockett, I'm less concerned about, who's somehow ranked below DK Metcalf. He's at least had 14 and 11 in his last two. So if one of them is going to get it done, it's clearly been Lockett. DK Metcalf, since Geno Smith got benched, He's had four, five, and two fantasy points. The wide receiver. Back Gino. Yeah, did exactly. We want we want Gino back. He's the wide receiver 54, 55, and 90 since Russ returned. I don't know what happened between those two, but he is not even looking his way. It makes no sense to me why you wouldn't want to get one of the best young talents involved in the NFL. Pathetic. And then Jamar Chase, we talked about this on the Monday show. Yes, he started the year with over 20 fantasy points per game across his first five, but across the last eight, the guy has averaged only 10 fantasy points per game. He really hasn't been all that special. We already talk about all the time how T. Higgins has been averaging more expected fantasy points per game. We're seeing that kind of come to fruition where Jamar Chase, his talent is still through the roof. He can always blow this out of the door at any point by getting deep for an 80-yard score. Always in play with him, and that's why he's still in my top 12. But lately, wide receiver 27, 48, 27, 53. He hasn't even been close to that top 12 ranking that I have him for. That just kind of reflects the upside. In fact, he's number five is what blows my mind there. Mike Williams, just we talk about him every week, way too boomer bust, has not seen more than six targets in five straight weeks. It's just bad. It's too inconsistent for me. I don't want him in there. And Jerry Judy, like wide receiver 29, tells you he should be in play in three receiver leagues or two receivers and flexes. The guy's been the wide receiver 57, 22, 39, and 66. Teddy Bridgewater just isn't good. He can't yeah. sustain multiple receivers. Hell, he can't even sustain one right now. And yeah, Kansas City, typically you think shootout game, you got to chase points, but Kansas City's offense really hasn't been that this year. So not all that high on Jerry Judy at all. 
Hail Mary's Kendrick Bourne, 39% owned going against Buffalo. T.Y. Hilton, only 29% owned going against Houston. And we talked about Deshaun Jackson, 12% owned going against the Washington football team. Kendrick Bourne's the wide receiver 12 since week three. How crazy is that? A legit number one receiver. Uh, the, the public's clearly coming up to him with 39%. I know a lot of you guys have asset star questions on him in the past, and I've kind of chuckled and been like, no. He's a lot better than I was realizing. As a Patriots fan, you see it every week. The guy's making these great plays, and for some reason, I did not put two and two together. Kind of like Mac Jones. Like You don't think of him as a good fantasy player. Well, Kendrick Bourne has been. He's been, again, a top 12 wide receiver since week three. That's crazy. Buffalo is a tough matchup, but without Tredavious White, I have no doubt he could go off again. T.Y. Hilton just always kills Houston. He's he made a he loves it. Like he he revels in the fact that he kills this team each and every year. He laughs about it in pressers. He's gonna go crazy again, no matter how bad he is. He caught that goal line touchdown last week. He's gonna score again, go deep. And then if you miss out on him, though, D Jax is out there in all but 90, uh, all but 12% of leagues, facing a former Washington football team, got deep for a, a you know 100 yards and a score last week on three catches. You know he likes to spite his old teams. I imagine they're going to dial him up deep with regularity, and he's going to score against the team, giving up the fourth most points to wide receivers. Of course, I prefer Renfro, but I do love Deshaun Jackson as well as a flyer. Before we fly into tight end, Stephen Drakes has just thrown us a few bucks and wants to know, would you drop either Sony or Boston Scott to pick up Chase Edmonds, half PPR, or should I wait on the injury reports for Henderson and the Eagles running backs? What do you think, Wolf? I think you got exactly how you said it the second half there. Steven, thanks so much for supporting the site too. He regularly just tosses money our way, and we really appreciate yeah. that, Steven. Thanks, You're man. a legend. So thank you so much for that. I would, if you don't think he's going to get scooped, I do think for season long, your stretch run pushes. The guy was a very solid running back, but you got to see if, if Henderson sits this week, you got a top 12 running back potentially in Sony. And then, you know, I do want to see is Scott playing. I guess it comes down to, do you need to use either Sony or Scott, assuming how the injuries shake out? If you don't need to use them, regardless of how it shakes out, then yeah, of course, I'd probably rather stash a talent like Chase Edmonds. But most of the time, I'm probably going to hold both of those guys, wait it out, see what happens on the injury report, especially if you're not too worried about it getting scooped by a league mate. Um, and especially if you need one of those two running backs in your lineup this week, I'd be waiting that one out in 90% of situations. Thank you, Stephen. Again, we really appreciate it. All right, let's hit these tight ends. You don't have time to even elaborate on these because we have like 100 questions. Um, yeah. Gron- Gronk at the Colts, you got him as tight end two. That's two spots above the experts. Seems about right. You also love Knox and Fryermuth for the same, uh, you know, they're the same uh, rankings as last week and the same differential and all that good stuff. <laughs> Right. I'm higher on these three every week, and it, they have not let me down any of these three. No, they're, I'm just going to keep going back to the well, baby. They're going to kill it, as they always do. All three of these guys are scoring a touchdown this week. They're man. all money. Kyle Pitts going against the Bucks, Tight end 11 for you, five below the experts. Also, Noah Fant, who really just hasn't done anything this year. Tight end 16, two spots below the experts. Yep, he, especially as of late. You know, Noah Fant started the season pretty hot. He hasn't been above your tight end 20 in three straight weeks. Pathetic. And Kyle Pitts just, yeah, freakish elite talent. I think so much draft type keeps this guy ranked top six each and every week. Two, eight, eight, four, four across his last five games. And and some of those have been easy matchups and he should have slayed. Nope, no thank you. He's on my bench. Potentially even cut if I need, a, need another player. I'm not into Kyle Pitts anymore. I'm done. Hail Mary's Foster Moreau. We talked about him filling in probably for Darren, Darren Waller. Going against Washington, 18% on Gerald Everett, who had a touchdown, I think, last week. Also going against um, – they can't both be playing Washington, so that's not correct, but he's 28%. San Fran. <laughs> I meant to change that, change that, yeah. Foster Moreau, last time Darren Waller was out, played 100% of the snaps, saw six targets, nearly 25% target share there, went six for 60, and a touchdown was the tight end four, if I'm not mistaken, that week. 
Uh, so right back in play. He filled in well for Waller last time. I think he can do it again. Carr loves throwing to his tight ends, as we know. Gerald Everett has seen eight and nine targets in two of his last three games. He's been a vacuum. He's been more consistent by far than DK Metcalf. Uh, well, yeah, the guy's the guy's been a solid top 12 tight end play in two of his last three weeks. I think he could do it again against San Fran. All right. Also, we want to know if Dallas Goddard can rebound and his Henry, Hunter Henry lost his job. That could be interesting to check out. Yeah, John, who's outplayed him and outscored him in a few few different weeks. So certainly worth tracking. All righty. As you said, Truth, we got to go hit this mailbag. So let us get right on right. into it. Absolutely. Whew. That's everybody. I don't know if we got to everybody. We usually do. This might be the first time we didn't get to everybody. We, we got close. We got really close. It's where the super chat comes in. We'll try to start a few minutes earlier next time. Um, but man, appreciate that. That many people ask that many questions on your way out guys. That thumbs up does help. And so many new names. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing, helping us hit that 2k goal. Best of luck to everybody. Get what you need uh, tonight. I hope everybody blows up for you. I'm the wolf. I'm the truth. Wolf of the fancy sheep guys. Be that wolf later guys. Later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, oh, oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.